Good morning, everybody. Lovely to see you all here. Um, I'm Hannah, for anyone who doesn't know. I'm on the leadership team here. I work in the office. You can often find me there. This month, um, we're looking at kind of the values and characteristics that make us who we are as a church. Um, Chris started the series last week, and he talked about our leadership team and PCC Away Day that we had back in November where we kind of brainstormed our calling and our values as a church. And we came out with three kind of overall values um, that we wanted to look at this month. And those are welcoming, generosity, and serving. And they're kind of three, the three characteristics that we think make St. Matt's what it is as a church and that we think are really important for us to maintain and develop. This isn't just what we want to be in the future. This is what we think and believe we are now, and we hope that you can all kind of recognize that in us as a church as we talk about them. So Chris spoke last week about welcoming um, and how, you know, he thinks that we're a church who accepts and invites and includes everybody. Welcoming on the door is so important, but it goes a lot deeper than that. It's about how we treat people as a church and how we draw them into our family and support them. So we talked about the parable of the prodigal son and how As a church, we kind of strive to be like the father in this story who has a heart of welcome and compassion. And today I'm going to talk about generosity. Now, I'm sure that lots of you have just heard that word and thought, oh, no, she's going to talk about money. Don't worry, I'm not. I'm actually not. And in fact, I want you to take the word money and kind of throw it away for this morning. Um, Hide it away. Of course, generosity does include money. It does, but it's actually so much more than that, um, and it goes so much deeper than that. So I thought I'd look up to start with, what does generosity mean? I looked, I googled it, as you do these days, don't you? You don't go to a dictionary. I don't think we've got a dictionary in our house, so I googled it. But the Oxford English Dictionary says that it is the quality of being kind and generous. And then another kind of top search, when you google it, says the definition is It's a quality that's a lot like unselfishness. When you show generosity, you might give away things or money or put others before yourself. So generosity is more than just giving to charity or leaving a good tip in a restaurant. It's about giving of yourself, whether that be love, time, money, work, hospitality. And it's also about giving more than is expected. It's about giving abundantly. Now, being kind of generous and kind is quite a popular thing these days. I'm sure some of you might have seen this 40 Acts. So Stewardship Every Lent run a campaign um, called 40 Acts, which has become really popular recently. And it's basically about, in Lent, doing an act of kindness each day. So rather than giving things up, or maybe as well as giving things up, you basically, they have kind of a different act of kindness each day and they have different levels of how generous you can be with it and they encourage you to do that through Lent. And it's about being generous in ways that are kind of unexpected and sometimes anonymous. In the mornings, if we're in the car, Zara and I, we listen to, I probably shouldn't admit this, heart radio. Love a bit of heart radio. (laughs) And they've just, Amanda and Jamie in the morning have just launched a campaign called A Thousand Feel Good Deeds. So basically, they want to start the new decade, 2020, with positivity, kindness, and feeling good. So they're encouraging their listeners to do a good deed and then to post it on their social media or whatever. And they're trying to get to a 1,000 good deeds by the end of January. So some of the things that they 
suggests are taking the bins out, visiting an elderly neighbor, buying your colleagues a coffee, giving blood, they suggest. Great thing to do, recommend it. Treating a friend to dinner, maybe. And one of the reasons that they give for this is that scientists have shown that being generous and kind to other people makes us feel good. People are starting to realize that giving to others and looking outwards to the needs of others not only makes them feel good, but it makes us feel good too, and it's, it's good for our mental health. So that's great, isn't it? Being, getting people to do kind things to each other is a good thing, especially, actually, if the kind of pay-it-forward idea comes into play as well. If the recipient of being generous then goes on to do something generous for somebody else, and they go on to do it for somebody else, it should be good. Do you like that picture? I thought it was fun. <laughs> but as Christians... We don't just want it to be about doing good things for other people because it makes us feel happy or because we're following a plan through Lent. Generosity should be at the heart of who we are as Christians and it should flow out of everything that God has done for us, shouldn't it? It should be kind of our natural way of life as Christians. It should be at the very core of who we are. And I think at St. Matt's that is true. I'm going to come back to us as a church later. The reading we had um, was from Matthew 10, and it's basically the instructions that Jesus gave to the 12 disciples when he sent them out. He'd chosen 12 people to be with him through his ministry. He's called them to follow him. He's given them the authority that they need to do the things that he was doing. He tells them to go to the lost people of Israel, and then he says to them at the end, freely you have received, now freely give. Chris um, talked last week about on his iPad, having the Bible in the NRV, I think it was, and then the message next to it. And so I thought, oh, I'll just look in the message and see what this says in the message. And actually, it puts it perfectly. So the last few verses say, go to the lost, confused people right here in the neighborhood. Tell them the kingdom is here. Bring health to the sick. Raise the dead. Touch the untouchables. Kick out the demons. You have been treated generously, so live generously. And that's the heart of it, isn't it? We've been treated generously by God. And so we should be generous to other people. So what I thought I'd have a look at is what God has given us. If we've been treated so generously by God, then actually what is it that he's given us? And again, I thought, oh, I'll just Google this and see what comes up. Um, Obviously, there's the obvious one, Jesus, isn't there? That's the answer to everything. But what else? When I started writing down all the things God has given us, Actually, it kind of blew my mind. I was like, wow. And I'm sure I haven't included everything. I'm sure there's more you might think of. So what I thought would be good to do is just to kind of run through the things that I thought of and found that God has done for us, because it is quite amazing. So you probably won't be able to kind of take it all in, but I've got a Bible verse with each one, because I just thought it's good to kind of put it in a little bit of context. So obviously, to start with, he gave us his one and only son, Jesus. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. He paid for our sins on the cross, meaning we're righteous before God. He sees us. God sees each one of us as clean and pure. And 2 Corinthians says, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. God has reconciled us to him. That means we can have a relationship with him through Jesus. In Romans, it says, for if while we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more having been reconciled shall we be saved through his life? 
He's given us access to the Father God by his spirit. He's given us grace. Ephesians says, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this not from yourselves, it's the gift of God. God has given us his peace. In, again, in Romans, it says, therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. God has given us hope. Again, in Romans, Romans is a great book to read if you want to know what God's done for you, by the way. It says, may the God of all hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And then Jeremiah, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to give you a hope and a future. He's given us love, hasn't he? That's a really big one. God has given us his love. And in 1 John, it says, dear friends, let us love one another for love comes from God. And then another verse that I haven't put up there, um, but Ephesians 3 has a great verse in it. It says, Paul says, I pray that you may grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and that you may know this love that surpasses all knowledge. He's given us the Holy Spirit. We're still going. I don't think we're even halfway through yet. He's given us the Holy Spirit. In John, it says, I will ask the Father, this is Jesus speaking, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the spirit of truth. And then Colossians says that we have Christ living in us as Christians, the hope of glory. God has also given us a family. He's adopted each one of us as his children into his family. In Romans, it says, the spirit you receive brought about your adoption to sonship, and by him we cry, Abba, Father. He's given us forgiveness, hasn't he? The ability to forgive other people, and he's forgiven us ourselves. Ephesians says, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ, God forgave you. He's given us restoration. He restores our souls. He's given us prayer, the ability to talk to him anytime, whenever we want to. And we also have Jesus and the Holy Spirit interceding for us at the right hand of God. He's given us fullness of life. In John, it says, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. God has given us freedom and joy. In John, again, it says, I've told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. He's given us wisdom. If we ask for wisdom, God will give it to us. He's given us guidance. Again, Psalm 23, he guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. He's given us the Bible, his inspired word. Um, And 2 Timothy says, all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. He's given us healing, hasn't he? He's a healing God. And he even allows us to pray for other people and to help to heal them. The next one's not so great. He's given us, he gives us trials. But actually those trials are given to help build our character and produce perseverance. He's given us good works to do. Ephesians says, for we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. He's given us the Holy Spirit. Sorry, not the Holy Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit. We've done the Holy Spirit. He's given us the fruit of the Spirit. So the Holy Spirit in us produces the fruits of the Spirit, which are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. He gives us the armor of God if we ask. He says, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. 
He gives us spiritual gifts. 1 Corinthians 12, go away and read that if you're not sure what the spiritual gifts are. Um, He gives us power. Ephesians, I love this verse. It says, I pray that you may know his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead. So he has given us that same power that he used to raise Jesus. And in that, he's given us victory. And finally, he's given us eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. And we have our inheritance in heaven with him. Like I said, I'm sure there's more. I'm sure if you had time to go through the Bible, you'd find even more things that God has given us. But I hope that just shows you that we have an amazing, generous God who gives us more than we can even take in. I mean, read through, you read through that list and uh, you can't even really take it in. If anyone, wants, if anyone wants a copy of those verses and stuff, just let me know and I can email them to you. So our generosity as a church and as individuals should come out of our gratitude and our humility, shouldn't it, in response to all of that. We're like the disciples in the reading we had today. God also calls us to follow him and he's also given us the authority and the power to do the things that Jesus did. Jesus says to us, as well as his disciples, freely you have received, now freely give. I just want to read um, something from Ephesians 5. I know I'm kind of overdoing the Bible this morning, but Ephesians 5, verse 1 to 2, in the message, because it's great in the message, says this, watch what God does and then you do it. Like children who learn proper behavior from their parents, mostly what God does is love you. Keep company with him and learn a life of love. Observe how Christ loved us. His love was not cautious, but extravagant. He didn't love in order to get something from us, but to give everything of himself to us. Love like that. So generosity basically is loving extravagantly. It's seeing how God has loved us and loving others like that. And I think Nick's testimony was a perfect example of that. Those people that were just there were ready to just give up their time um, and whatever they were doing and on the way to do to be generous and help out. And as we love and become more like God, we demonstrate God's character of generosity. To love God as he has loved us is to be generous with all of those things that God has given us, not just with our money. It's to be generous with our spiritual gifts. It's to pray for each other and with each other. It's to love each other. It's to share God's good news with other people. It's to share the peace and joy that he gives us with a hurting and confused world. It's to pray for the Holy Spirit in each other, to walk with each other, to forgive each other. I could go on, but basically all those things that God has given us, we can be generous with and give away to people around us. So back to us as a church, how does this kind of generosity show itself in us as St. Matt's? As Chris talked about last week, I think we're generous in our kind of welcome and acceptance of people. We're a loving church. People are always ready you know, when we ask to help each other out, to cook meals, to give lifts to people, to visit people, there's always somebody there to help when somebody's in need. We're also generous in terms of giving to charity. I said I wouldn't talk about money, but just this little bit. Um, we take food once a month down to Nourish Food Bank. Food Bank. 
and we, like I said, we give money to charities. I asked Kate yesterday how much we raised um, before Christmas, over Christmas, sorry, to give to Tear Fund. And she told me that from Harvest, the quiz night, and Christmas, we've raised £4,750, which when we then gift aid, means we'll be sending Tear Fund almost £6,000. So that is amazing. Thank you. We are a generous church. And that's on top of the 10% that we give as a church as our tithe each year, which goes to lots and lots of charities. St. Matt's is also a church which is generous in giving away and sharing its kind of spiritual gifts and its human resources. And a lot of that comes from Chris and Carol. When I first came to St. Matt's, um, they took a bit of a risk, maybe, I think, in letting me share my story at Revive. And since then, they've been amazing in helping me to grow in, in leadership and speaking and things like that. They see people's gifts and talents, and they allow people to develop them and to use those gifts. But they also give people away as well when they're ready to move on. St. Matt's has got a great history of kind of releasing people to go and train to be vicars um, and to minister in other places, not just here. And, yeah, Chris and Carol are kind of key in developing people and encouraging people and then sending them on to go somewhere else. We're also a church that longs to use our spiritual gifts that God has given us. And I think we're generous in kind of helping each other to develop those and to use them in our daily lives and in each other's lives. And we're also a church that shares kind of our resources, what we have with, each, with others. Revive, the women's ministry, was set up however many years ago, not just for St. Matt's, but for kind of Tunbridge Wells as a whole, because there wasn't much going on in in lots of churches in Tunbridge Wells at that time. And even now we have women from other churches come. So we don't just keep what we have for ourselves. Tom and Lois both go and help other churches during the year to do their church weekends with children and youth work. And I'm sure there's lots more. I'm sure you can all think of more. So as I said at the beginning, generosity is definitely not just about money. It's about loving as we've been loved. It's about forgiving as we've been forgiven. It's about giving of ourselves abundantly as God has given of himself to us in Jesus. Just before I finish, I just want to mention a couple of things to maybe bear in mind. The first one is that being generous doesn't mean not looking after ourselves. I think that's a really important thing to remember. We and our families are just important as everyone else. So, We need to give of ourselves, but we also need to care for ourselves as well. I'm at a stage in my life where my parents are needing a bit more time and support, and that's only going to increase. So I'm having to work out how to be generous with my time to them, while at the same time having time for Zara and also having time for myself. Because I know that if I don't have some nice, peaceful, quiet time at home, then I'm no good to anybody else. That's how I restore myself. And the second thing just to bear in mind, and I think this is where I will finish, is that gifts need to be received as well as given. So all the things that God has given to us are only going to benefit us if we take them and receive them and if we're grateful for them and use them. An an unopened gift is not really any use to anybody. So what I thought would be good to do... um, as we finish, is just to spend a little bit of time kind of focusing on all those things that God has given us and and accepting them for ourselves. One of the songs that um, Chris sang, I'll just read the chorus of it because it's kind of 
So my prayer, I think, for us today, it says, show me who you are and fill me with your heart and lead me in your love to those around me. So maybe the band could come back up, um, or Chris at least, and just strum a little bit in the background. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to read that list again, but not in as much detail. I'm just going to read it in a different way. And I suggest you just close your eyes and listen and let God speak to you through it. What is it that you need to accept from him so that you can give it out to others? So let's just close our eyes and focus on God for a moment. God gave his one and only son, Jesus, to die for you. You are righteous before God. He sees you as clean and pure. You can have a relationship with God through Jesus, and you have access to God the Father. God has saved you by grace. God has given you peace, hope, and a future. God loves you. God loves you. You have the Holy Spirit and Jesus living in you. You are God's child. He has chosen and adopted you. God has forgiven you. God is restoring you. You can pray to God whenever you want to. You can have fullness of life. You are free. God has given you joy, wisdom, guidance, the Bible. God can heal you. God has given you good works to do. He's growing in you the fruit of the Spirit, and he protects you with the armor of God. God has given you spiritual gifts and the power and the authority to use them. God has given you eternal life, and your inheritance is in heaven with him.